0: Hey everybody, this is Ash from the Rated N.A. Podcast with an exclusive interview conducted at this year's San Diego Comic-Con 2017. If you like the show, please subscribe and don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. We've got a ton of additional content coming out of San Diego Comic-Con and new shows each week in our feed and on the web. Enjoy the interview. It's
1: going to be a little weird. I've done this before. You've done it a few times. Uh, Sure. Hi, I'm Melissa.
2: I'm Christina.
1: And we are here with Marissa Meyer, uh, the author of The Lunar Chronicles and a new book called Renegades, a duology about superhero teenagers. And we're so excited to have you here on Nerd Appropriate. Thank
0: you for having me.
2: So I think the last time you were on our show was right before... Cress was released, which is the third book of the Lunar Chronicles. So what have you been up to since then?
0: <laughs> oh, so many things. Uh, gosh, since Cress. So we've had Cress come out. Uh, I had Fairest, which is a prequel to Lunar Chronicles, and Winter, which was the finale of the Lunar Chronicles, followed by Stars Above, which was a collection of Lunar Chronicles short stories. Um, and then last year we released Heartless, my first standalone novel about... Uh, The Origin of the Queen of Hearts from Alice in Wonderland. And I also recently released uh, the first Wires and Nerve graphic novel, um, which is set in the world of the Lunar Chronicles, but uh, takes place after the end of winter and follows Eco, the kind of favorite android sidekick, as the main character
2: very cool and you say the first of the
0: graphic novels so how many are we looking at here (laughs) there will be two there will be two wires and nerve graphic novels the second comes out uh next january 2018 and that will be the end of that story um but i have had so much fun writing these that i would love to write more graphic novels in the future so we'll see
2: now and wires and nerve was your first try at graphic novels Mm -hmm. something different than a novel so like what was, I guess, interesting
0: or really fun about writing that style? Oh, gosh. It was so different from writing a normal novel. Um, it's a very, very different way of thinking about story and uh, how to convey you know, the story that I'm trying to tell. Um, how do I work this into a script format? How do I break up the action um, into this visual format thinking panel by panel Um, and then once I would have an idea of what I needed each panel to look like well okay how do I convey that to the illustrator how do I want the illustrator to convey that to the reader it was just a very very different process of thinking about story Um, but it was wonderful and I loved writing it especially about the Lunar Chronicles because I already felt so familiar with this world and with these characters Um, and I had thought that I was Done with this world after I finished winter, uh, which was very bittersweet and sad. And I, I spent so many years of my life with these characters that I, I was sad to say goodbye to them. So I had a lot of fun going back into Wires and Nerve and getting to hang out with them a little bit longer.
1: Well, saying goodbye to the Lunar Chronicles and saying hello to <laughs> the characters of Wonderland, mm-hmm. that was a good transition for you, also. Um, having to write something, I, I mean, we know that, you know, your mother. Uh, mm-hmm. Collects Alice in Wonderland memorabilia. Big and like
0: Alice that. fan. Yep.
1: <laughs> um, being able to dive into that world, like, can you tell us a little bit about the excitement and 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 fun about being able to kind of, I mean, a world where literally the impossible can happen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I loved writing Heartless. It was a little intimidating because obviously Wonderland is such an established world, and people who love Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland, they really, really love it. You know, you're very passionate readers. Um, And so there's an intimidation factor when you're taking something that is so widely beloved and appreciated um, and trying to make it your own. Um, But I I really enjoyed writing it. It was kind of, I think of Heartless as my palate cleanser book after the Lunar Chronicles. um, Because whereas the Lunar Chronicles is science fiction based, and I had to uh, do a lot of research and, and work to try to make it plausible and you know that there might maybe be a scientific reason for this thing um, or or to really set up the world of the technology and things like that with heartless, like you say, the impossible can happen um, and so in this in heartless it was much more about trying to push my imagination to the limits um letting myself just be nonsensical, be whimsical um, and not put any boundaries on on the story and on the world, which was so much fun as a writer.
2: And speaking of pushing your imagination to the limits, (laughs) did that open up your mind a lot to uh, writing a superhero, Mm supervillain book? Because then you could just make up any sorts of powers you wanted, and it it really kind of fueled that, and it made a good stepping stone to get from fairy tale, lunar chronicle, science fiction to superhero.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're definitely moving away from the fairy tales with renegades um but it's funny you know you would think and i certainly thought going into writing a superhero story um like you say you know there's so much you could do with any powers make up your own powers it's the the limit you know it's limitless I found that that is not so much the (laughs) case. Um, There is truly nothing that hasn't been done out there. Um, And that was maybe one of the most frustrating things about writing a superhero book. Because you try so hard to be original. But in order to be original, truly original, you just have to be bizarre. And that's not really what I was trying to accomplish. Um, So I ended up... Incorporating uh, a lot of classic superpowers, but attempting to kind of put my my own spin, my own twist on them, um, and then just really focusing on the characters and writing characters that I hope readers will enjoy and that readers will think will are fun and interesting, and and aiming for originality
1: in that way. So I know that there's an excerpt that just came out, um, and I read a little bit about it, and you kind of start by um The preface of you know in the future um, people with powers or abilities or gifts or however we want to call them um, are shunned from society at this point and they have become witches and demons freaks and abominations Um, have you what kind of research did you do for this book and um, like I did you mean did you watch a bunch of superhero movies? Did you read a bunch of comic books? I know um like you're a fan of Sailor Moon and and they all had powers and um so that was really fun. But um I I just I get really excited about it because of the, this notion that like having abilities isn't always the best thing and how other people can look at you. So I just was curious like where that inspiration came from. Yeah, I feel
0: like I have been researching for this book since I was maybe like 8 years old. Um <laughs> My brother was really into X-Men, so that was my first um, foray into superheroes, and I loved them from the start. Uh, of course, you mentioned Sailor Moon. I was a huge mm-hmm. Sailor Moon fan. I was totally obsessed as a teenager. Um, and then going into day, I mean, I, I love all of the the Marvel. I love the Avengers movies. I love the Spider-Man movies. Um, I can't get enough of it, so... Uh, it wasn't really so much a, oh, I'm writing a superhero book. I'd better, like, learn the genre. It was just already something that I was really in love with.
2: That's very cool. And I, reading the excerpt, I kind of saw a little bit of the X-Men influence with mm-hmm. the character Nova. I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> with the, the, <laughs> She had a touch to use her powers. Oh, and just that, that little... I was like, oh, it's kind of like rogue. It's very rogue. Yeah. Um, and I was just wondering if there were any other inspirations besides your typical comic book or superheroes out there for the different powers that they had or the costumes that you created. Like, <laughs> did you pull from other sources other than just this genre?
0: Good question. Um, I think a lot of it is... Kind of just vicarious fantasizing. Um, Nova, she has kind of two powers that are interlinked. On one hand, she can touch people and put them to sleep. Uh, On the other hand, she never sleeps herself. Um, And that was totally vicarious leaving because I feel like if I never had to sleep I could get so much done um, which is probably a really unhealthy way to think about sleep but um, there was a number of characters like that that I was like this would just be really really cool um, so I was definitely drawing inspiration simply from my own fantasies and daydreams which I think is a lot of what the superhero genre is about in general um, this idea that you could have extraordinary powers and use them um, whether to you know conquer the world or to save the world um I think we all that's there 's an appeal to all of us in
1: that um, so two things one um i I want to piggyback on that and and um jump on that a game that my husband and I play uh constantly is the would you rather game like having a superhero power but it's at the detriment of something else and one of the powers that I've always wanted is to be able to read other people's minds but really Oh yeah. Think but about that. I know. I know. <laughs> but I think it's because I'm constantly worried about what other people are thinking. And you think that being able to read their minds would help? <laughs> yeah, okay. I see the po- I see the problem in this. Um but I do I Like so, for example, as you were saying, like Nova has this power to put people to sleep, but she never sleeps herself. Um, What superhero power? Like for the ability to read minds, but every time I did, I would lose a memory of my own. Um, Like these are like kind of the like the conundrums that 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 I always think about. Like oh, the ability to fly, except you could never have a graceful landing, or (laughs) you or or never be able to land properly and break something every time you did. what superhero power would you have and at the detriment of something else?
0: Oh, gosh. Um, I, this is the sort of power that one needs preparation for <laughs> The sort of question. Um, I have no idea. Um, obviously, flying is... I mean, everyone says flying, but that's because we all want to fly. <laughs> we all secretly, desperately want to know how to fly. Um, but at the detriment... Of, of What would you say of never having a graceful landing? Eh, I could live with that, I think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. And the other thing I want to say is um, throughout all of your books, I have loved that the women that, and the young women that you write about are all smart, inventive, resourceful, and intelligent um even even the meek and mild characters like Cress, for example is a genius and she you know she can hack any computer in the entire universe um and i think that's amazing um is there inspiration for that um in your own life and 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 even maybe like perhaps is that something that you want to like teach your daughters
0: oh absolutely um i think you know particularly with superheroes um I, it wasn't really until I discovered Sailor Moon, I loved the idea of superheroes so much, but as much as I loved the X-Men, or I loved um, you know, these other stories, it wasn't until I discovered Sailor Moon that I felt like, oh, this is a superhero story for me, and for, for girls like me, and I was 14 at the time, and I loved that they were all you know, in high school and they were my age and yet they were totally kick butt and could go off and save the world. Um, And so that was definitely a huge influence about wanting to write about characters who um, were strong, were brave and intelligent and uh, had skills that were, you know, unique and not necessarily... um, feminine skills i mean a lot of my characters uh cinder is a mechanic um you know a typically stereotypically masculine field things like that um and i just think it's important to show that you know girls you can be strong in so many different ways um you know and it's not just about being the Katniss character who can fight and kick butt, although those are excellent characters too. Um, but there are different ways that you can be strong, that you can be heroic, uh, and brave and leave your mark on the world. Um, and I think stories like Sailor Moon were important to me to see that. Um, and definitely having two young girls myself, I hope that, um, I'll be able to convey the same sorts of messages to them.
2: Going off of that as well, the character Nova in your Renegades book, um, in the excerpt of the the prologue, I think, where she's only like a six-year-old mm-hmm. girl and she builds this hydraulic elevator for her dollhouse. And there's a couple other instances throughout the excerpt where she's kind of building these techie mm-hmm. things. And her, and I can see that she got that influence from her, her dad, was also good at like building things. That was part of his gift. Um, is that why you kind of built that into the character or is there more to that in the book? I mean, obviously you're not going to spoil anything, <laughs> but... I noticed like that's not necessarily her gift Mm -hmm. Um, where her gift is making people fall asleep by touching them. So is that just like a natural ability that also makes her strong as well?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So kind of the, the way that her character is set up is um, that this awful thing happened to her when she was six years old. um, And because of that, she stopped sleeping. um, But she uh, would go on to use those extra hours every night while everyone else was sleeping um, to start teaching herself these skills, whether it was training in martial arts or whether it was inventing and, and building these tools and weapons and things that she could later use um, for her mission. Um, And so that's, that's kind of the premise for how she's developed this, this skill um, engineering and and science and whatsoever. Um, But the inspiration for it actually started a long time ago Renegades as a book has gone through a lot of different renditions story-wise and character-wise. The book that's coming out in November hardly resembles the first uh, draft of it that I wrote. They're so different. Um, And Nova's character... In the early drafts, actually, did not have a superpower at all, um, and she was going to be sort of my my more Batman character, where she doesn't have a superpower, but she's made herself into a, a super okay. villain in her case um, by learning how to create these tools and things. And I just loved that about a, her character. Um, it was one of the things that really drew me to her as a person um, and that I loved writing about and giving her these kind of, you know, unique, quirky uh, <laughs> tools that she could use um, then in these, you know, action scenes, which was a lot of fun. Um, and so then after she did end up developing the superpowers um, in the book, I, I wanted to keep that still because it felt it felt like it belonged to her. Right. And
2: you mentioned that um, this all kind of happens to her because something very traumatic happens to her at that young age and it kind of puts her on the path to becoming a villain. And I was just wondering if, if you think what does it take to make somebody who has these gifts or even not even with the gifts, just personality wise to become a hero or a villain and where is that line of pushing them one way or the other and can they change?
0: Um, well, I'll start with the last question. I definitely think that people can change. I think that we see that um, all the time and throughout history. Your um, first questions are a little bit more difficult um, because I think that it is, you know, whether someone becomes heroic or um, wicked or evil or villainous or however you want to say it, um, I think that it it is in part the situations. I think that... Um, You know, not to get dark and sad, but we know that um, children who come from abusive families oftentimes become abusive themselves. Um, You know, we know that there are these circular patterns um, and that the situation that you are in or the things that happen to you definitely mold in many ways the person that you become if you aren't given other opportunities. Um, at the same time, I never want to take personal responsibility out of the equation. Um, and we have, uh, certainly many examples of people who had horrible things happen to them and yet were able to make choices, um to either better themselves or better their lives uh, or even better the world. Um, in a lot of cases, those horrible things that happened to them um, only made them stronger and more determined um, to do that. So I, I think it's a mix of both. And I I definitely am not a, a psychologist or a <laughs> sociologist. I don't know if there's you know, a, a balance or an equation of how much it is. Um, but I think it's fascinating. I think uh, humanity is fascinating in that way.
2: Absolutely. And there's definitely... Um a lot going on right now in the whole comic book, superhero genre universe of that line being blurred of people saying, well, I mean, a little sidetrack here, but like in uh, the Avengers, where some people see them as heroes and some people mm-hmm. see them as not heroes because they, they yes, the they, mm-hmm. d- yes, they saved us, but they, destroy the city, so there's definitely that line of like, well, it it kind of is all perspective, mm-hmm. and you know where do you fall? Um, so we've talked a lot about Nova, but just within the first two chapters of the book, you were introduced to over ten characters, <laughs> and they're sorry w- about that. <laughs> no, it's amazing, it's amazing, and they're all so well described already. Like I feel like I've kind of already known these characters for you know pages and pages and pages and I've just been introduced to them and it's amazing and they're all so unique and the way they're described their costumes and how they use their powers and their names and just their personalities um so how many characters are we really looking at in your <laughs> book um <laughs> the more the better the end, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I'm not sure if the sample that you've read does it get you through the whole parade sequence yeah. uh, uh, okay yes okay okay yes. um Yeah, so for the most part, by the end of the parade sequence, which I think is like the first three chapters, um, you'll have met all of, no, not all of the main characters, most of the main characters. There's still a couple of the villains that you haven't gotten to at that point. Um, But for the most part, you know, and of course, the Renegades, as you'll find out, is a huge organization um, which has been recruiting uh, prodigies in the world people with superpowers are called prodigies um, and so they have hundreds of renegades and so you'll see scatterings of, of more superheroes and, and little bits of their powers but for the most part um, you get to meet most of the main characters within the few, first few chapters
2: nice if you were one of the characters in the book which character would you want to be what I
0: want to be yes.
2: not the one that you th- you feel like you are most like but which one would you want to be
0: Um, probably Dana even though she gets horribly injured in the first couple <laughs> chapters which nobody likes that um, but she her superhero is monarch um, and her ability is that she can transform her body into a swarm of monarch butterflies um, which is I think would be really cool to be able to do um, and she's also like she's they use her for spying a lot because she can then send these butterflies off and to let them sneak into little places and they kind of go unnoticed um, and it all just, goes
1: back to your whole flying thing flying <laughs> I just really
0: want to fly in any way that I can make it happen um, so I think it's a really cool power um, on top of that, You know, as a writer, I have this habit of making horrible things happen to my characters. Um, And Dana, as of this point, other than that bad injury that she sustains um, early on, nothing else horrible has happened to her in the story. Um, So so we'll see if that lasts into book two.
2: (laughs) Very nice. And then most of the, well, it's from Nova's perspective, but not necessarily in her head perspective third Third person yeah (laughs) right um so what made you decide to write it from the villain's side
0: um so the book actually will be dual perspective um so it is third person but it's a mix of nova's and adrian's um points of view uh definitely don't
2: know too much about the book yet Yes, yeah, Adrian.
0: So, <laughs> so the premise of the book is that there's um, a girl Nova who has been raised by super villains and a boy Adrian who has been raised by superheroes, um, and so from the very start they, you know, as their alter egos, they recognize that they are enemies, um, and as the story goes on, they feel very strongly that they are um, arch enemies, uh, but they in real life as teenagers they start to get to know each other and start to fall in love um so that's that's kind of the the premise of the whole book um and as for I wanted to tell the story from both of their points of view um honestly just because it needed to be told from their points of view you know there's always not always but in this case uh there are points of the story that one of them knows and the other doesn't. Um, You know, there's a lot of secret keeping. There's a lot of disguises. um, And so I wanted to be able to show from both sides uh, kind of the push and pull and why does Nova associate with the villains? Why does Adrian hate the villains? Um, Why does Adrian believe in what the superheroes are doing? Why does Nova hate the superheroes? Adam, I wanted to be able to show that, um, both to show hopefully to make it authentic so Mm -hmm. that readers can be like, yeah, I can totally see why they hate each other. Um, But then also to to show how difficult it is for them to start to bridge that gap as it happens.
2: Was the process of that very challenging to kind of switch back between hero to villain and hero to villain? Or did you more outline, I'll do all the hero, like Nova, Adrian's perspective, Nova's perspective, and then I'll figure out how they can go back and forth or how
0: did you do that I did that a lot with Lunar Chronicles Um, when I had lots and lots of viewpoint characters I would often write multiple chapters from one before I switched to the other and then figure out how to get them to go together Um, with Renegades it was much more a lineal thing um, mostly directed by the plot Um, and so I I just kind of wrote it chronologically and as I was going had to determine okay whose perspective should this chapter be from Um, and there were a couple times when I would write a chapter and then later go back and no, it really has to be from Adrian's perspective and, and rewrite it. Um, but for the most part, once I felt like I had the characters figured out, um, it was not particularly difficult switching between their points of view. Um, the early drafts are always rough as I'm getting to know the characters. Um, but once I feel like I really have a handle on who they are and how they think, um, the, the perspective
1: gets a lot easier cool. I can't wait to read it. <laughs> and it it uh, comes out in November, book 1. November 7th? So I think. exciting. We're going to finish off with a couple would you rather's. Um, would you rather want the power of telepathy if every time you used your power the person you're using it on uh blurted out one of your secrets? Or would you I'm rather? Start,
0: I have no interest in telepathy whatsoever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, would you rather <laughs> then have the ability to shape shift into animals if every time you used your powers, you permanently retained one of the attributes of that animal?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I would go with that one. Um, although I'm curious what sort of attributes we're talking like, do I suddenly have paws, <laughs> things like that? <gasps> or is tail? it more like, like you su- now you have heightened sense of smell like, and <laughs> that wouldn't be so bad. Right. They yeah. wouldn't always be bad attributes yeah. to have <laughs> <laughs> kind of like win, win yeah. sometimes, but <laughs> at least you could with that power, you could decide to not use it. Like if you got to a point where like, okay, I have enough animal attributes. I'm going to knock it off. Um, whereas <laughs> I don't know. I guess it depends on the type of telepathy too. Cause some you know sometimes you can control it and like now I'm gonna read this person's mind but then there are other characters who are just constantly bombarded with people's thoughts and I think that would be horrible right
2: you'd want like just get out of my head I don't want to hear you anymore (laughs) and then uh, would you rather have the want the ability to communicate with animals if you forgot one word of the English language every time you use that so you could talk to animals but then you would start to forget English or would what you want w- other li-
0: human languages? Ooh. Ooh. Can I become bilingual if I try really <laughs> hard? <laughs>
2: Probably. W- or would you want to have healing powers like Wolverine, so you can, like regenerate heal myself. and heal okay. yourself? But every time you healed yourself, you grew a random finger somewhere on <laughs> your body.
0: <laughs> uh, we're definitely going with speaking with animals <laughs> on that one. Random fingers on my body doesn't sound very charming <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and I, I mean there's billions of words in the english language so you know losing one from time to time how bad could that be
2: yeah right and you just go like you know that thing People sure my
0: editor would be like that's the wrong choice marissa you get paid <laughs> for your vocabulary
1: i mean, I mean if, if ariel from little mermaid can make up names for things then thingamabobs it's and it, is totally fine absolutely
2: yes there you go Create my
0: own language <laughs>
2: Well, it was so great chatting with you. Thank you. Um, Always good to see you guys. You too. And uh, real quick, where can people find you on social media or, you know, books are sold everywhere. Books are sold (laughs)
0: everywhere. Um, uh, You can visit my website, MarissaMeyer.com, or uh, the official books website um, is UniverseOfMarissaMeyer.com. And I am on Facebook and Twitter. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Such Thank a pleasure. You. Thanks so much for listening to our San Diego Comic Con 2017 coverage. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at NerdAppropriate, Facebook Slash NerdAppropriate, or email us directly Matt, Scott, or Ash at NerdAppropriate.com. We're going to be at PAX West in September and we'll be on a number of panels at the show. So keep listening uh,
1: for more information and more details leading up to the event. We hope to see you there.